In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. In Rico Park, this year's the team of the year's was. Sorry? More. Sorry? <laughs> What's the team of the year? Okay, you guys have a little doubt. Are you watching the video on your phones? Okay. <laughs> it's a year or more. Alright, and who knows what that thing means? Let me even ask. What does it mean? Why did you drop my bed? Who knows what it means by it's a year or more? Let's, let's discuss. Anyone? Sure you have a 98. Or you totally don't know what to attempt to do this year. Okay, so I assume you totally don't know what you are doing, what you are trying to do this year. Who has an idea? Okay, so what are the Okay, I'm here to preach the gospel more. Do more for the gospel. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you. Okay, I'm there that person that's okay. That's good. Thank you. So it's a year of more. And what we're saying is that I can actually do a whole lot more for the gospel that I've done before. And so we have a particular focus. And I think it's very important for us to reorient ourselves and say, because there is a way you do things normally. Jemster, let me say you wanted to learn how to brush your teeth. And many of us don't know it, but this is not how to brush your teeth. This is really not. And this is not how to brush your teeth. Yeah, it's not how to brush your teeth. This is how to, you brush. How many of you know how those electric brushes work? None of you. You guys are from village. Thank you. That's how to brush your teeth. That's why the toothbrush could have been designed to work this way. It could have been designed to work this way. They know that you never hold your brush up like a bike like this. They know that you hold your toothbrush like this. But they designed it to rotate just like that way. They know you never hold your toothbrush like this. For no reason whatsoever. Or like this. <laughs> so they took the Toothbrush was designed in the way that they know that you hold your toothbrush just like this, and the way your tooth should be brushed. That's simple. Jonathan, so now that you've learned it, some of you are going to decide that you are going to do it. But tomorrow afternoon, when you finally want to brush your teeth for the first time of the day, you might start with your normal, then you will be conscious to catch you. Maybe at the end. Now just Jonathan. So I said that to say that there's a way you have done your years all through your life. And if you are not deliberate about tweaking things a little every day, it might not necessarily be the year of morphine. So you might first have to accept it. It's better. Listen, what I'm telling you is more difficult than learning how to change the way you brush it. Because without so much proof, you already believe that that's how you brush your teeth. Even if I just came up with it just now. I think it's cool. <laughs> but even if I did, do you see what I'm saying? So, for you now, maybe you decided, oh, for the rest of my life, this is how I brush your teeth. 
Alright? But when we say it's the year of war, we have been accustomed, no, sorry, we have a goal for our year already. We have a plan for our lives already. Now we are saying in this year of war, we want you to change the plan for your life. It might take a while for you to re-rate yourself that, okay, my focus has to change. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like the guy that has this, the smelliest part of the world has refused to brush for 30 years. So, trying to convince him about a new way of brushing his useless. He is not interested. He has a goal. Not brushing. The same way we have a goal for our lives. And what we're doing this year is that want to change, we're actually seizing your goal for you, changing it and saying, take it. This is a new goal. And interestingly, that's what God wants to do. He looks at your goal for your life, he tweaks it and says, this is a new goal. You have to rearrange your body. Now, like I told you, and I began saying this before the Queen Conference, what? Ascension Conference. <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> I said, God wants to impress you. I'll, I'll talk about this particular point you hold on for next month. Alright, let's go. So in the year of war, we want to do more for those. Now interestingly, the book of Philippians has a lot to do with the year of war. It has a lot to do. It I think it gives the basic paradigm shift for the year of war. So let's go to Philippians chapter 1. I'll start with verse 12. Just because if I try to start from verse 1, we probably won't finish. These are not necessarily commentaries on the book. These are just picking a few major points from the book. I will put another teaching from this verse 3. Or maybe I thought I was going to do it next month, but I probably will do it in month after. But I'll jump to verse 12. So many things to learn from verse 12. Actually, so many interesting things to Verse 12, are you there? Philippians 1, verse 12. Are you there? Yeah. Alright. Uh, now, let's read together, I'll read from the NIV though. Let's read together from verse 12. Okay, just verse 12. One, two. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what happened to me has actually started to advance the gospel. Yeah? Is that the end of verse 12? Yeah. Okay. So, let me let give you a little background of the story. <coughs> Like you already know, Paul was in prison. He was in prison. And he said, What happened to me? Or rather, he started and said, I want you to know. So here's what happened. So everybody knows Jesus. Paul is in prison. Now, Paul is writing a letter to you, his guys. So he had come to Ephesus. So let's say Ephesus. He has come to Philippine. He had preached the gospel to them. At some point in him preaching the gospel to them, they go away. In one of the events, what happened was that she got this lady delivered from the demon and her master was furious because the girl was bringing him came. So a whole lot of things happened. They arrested him. Do you get what I'm saying? And so that would have shaken his people a little bit. They would not know whether they should continue in this faith. Jonathan, and then imagine what that spiritual growth would look like. Pastor is not coming on Sunday because we know Pastor. No matter the amount of flyers we release, we know Pastor is in He cannot come. So that would have affected their faith. Alright. So now he's about to 
make a statement to them. Alright? And then he says, ah, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. That is very amazing. Maybe Paul was put in prison because he spreads even further. Praise the Lord. And there is a way that this affects us personally, even with where we are. But I'm going to start with where Paul was. So here's what happened. When Paul was put in prison, Paul started doing something that we need to learn from. He was in a particular situation, albeit unpleasant, but he now decided that everyone he comes in contact with is going to preach the gospel to them. And so, although he is in the prison, he will preach the gospel to other prisoners, he will preach the gospel to the security people, to the military people, and so everybody around him now knows the gospel. Everyone. And so, look at verse 13. He says, As a result of this, it has become clear all to the whole palace guards and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Praise God. And so, Paul takes an unpleasant situation and says two things. First of all, my life does not consist in this situation. Do you get what I'm saying? So, let's say um, you're in school and then you have. You spilled over, you have an extra year. And so it's a terrible situation for you, but you can either commit suicide, you know, metaphorically, or decide that no matter the situation I'm in right now, it's not a disadvantage. Number two, I decide that I evaluate my success by the spirit of the gospel. So my joy is determined by if the gospel is spreading or not. So it's not about, oh, I'm making money or I'm not making money, alright, that makes me happy. My goal is that no matter the place I find myself, I want to spread the gospel. So if Paul was in the boss, for example, he decides that, okay, my goal, what to make me excited at the end of this trip is that I preach the gospel. If Paul was in the market, he decides that I'm going to talk to someone about Christ. My goal is at the end of it, everybody around me or everybody in my city has heard the gospel. And that's my job. And so he seizes the opportunity. It means that, listen, it means that in this life we have a choice. People can decide to be happy because they're successful people. And by successful, they mean, oh, I finished school on time, I got a good job. I get married to the finest lady in the world, Julian Hussein, and then I have like all the money, and then I'm happy. And then you are not looking at some sides. And that's what I'm saying. We actually just said the same things. Praise the Lord. So, let me tell you what I'm saying. It means that you can listen very well, listen very, very, very well. And this, this is critically important. No matter what you say this year, if you don't pay attention to what I'm about to say, it will not count. You can change, you can choose what success looks like to you. Meaning, hold on, no matter who you are, if you are in prison, it's not an honorable situation. Nobody wants to listen to a prisoner. You want to tell me about, you want to, you want to win me over into the mindset that got you to prison? 
Any other prisoners who want to listen to you, the, the palace guards who want to listen to you, because they are on the other side of the bar, they don't come to your side of the bar, they will not listen to you. But you can change what success is to you and say that even if I broke, I'm not going to be less of myself, I'm not less because I'm broke. Even if I use a Java phone, I don't even have a phone, that doesn't make me less of myself. That doesn't make me less confident. That doesn't make me less successful. That doesn't make my message less valid. I'm not waiting to be successful in your own eyes before I can preach the gospel. Don't tell me you're preaching the gospel and you're not married and you're 38. Because that's not my parameter. And so, Paul was so convinced about what his own definition of success. And can I tell you something? This is it's called a societal construct. When people have defined what success should be to you. So in their definition, you must have money before you can see anything. But you can choose that that's not what success is to me. And you what I'm saying? They can say, you are too young. Look at um, Ruth, for example. They're like, you can't, what do you know? How can you talk to us? You can't talk to us. You can't try to bring us over to your mindset. You are too young. Do you know how many years those other big men of God are? They are not even a man of God. They have their own churches. Keep quiet. You can't say they are wrong concerning the gospel. Some people say, go and trust me. Go and do your church. Go and do everything that God can talk to me. But listen, you can define what your own success is. In this year of more, we must redefine what success is to us. Because listen, I, I trust this many months ago. I can't remember the teaching series now. If your if your joy is always in the future, you will never get it. If your joy is when I get a good job, then I'll be where I want to be in life. When I get a car, then I'll be where I want to be. When I get that iPhone 12, then I'll be where I want to be. Then I can lift up those my classmates and then we can have a discussion. When I get married and I'm in a relationship with the finest guy in the world, then I am where I want to be. If your joy is always in the future, it should always be moving. And so when you get that phone that you want, after a while you want to get another phone. When you get that bag that you want, I mean, it's not, we've not even finished learning Brazilian week. They brought another one now. I mean, Brazilian hair. Which one is it? We're still trying to get used to the Brazilian That's it. It's human hair. Human, human. Does that not Is that meant to be allowed? Like, what's different between you and the ritual killer? It's not the same thing. You can explain it. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay to explain it. Now, it's, why does it always sound very cultist-ish? What's the name of the new one? Broom Street. Why is it? Why? Why did you put it? Like you guys left countries and moved to human beings, and now you are going straight for human beings. I don't know. I don't know. So here's what I'm saying: You must stand strong. You must convince yourself about successes. But listen, it means that I don't have to wait to get to any level to achieve God's plan for my life. Don't tell me I don't know enough to talk. I'm going to talk what I know. I'm a faithful steward of the little I know. 
this little that I have, I'm going to keep talking about it. This little that I know, I'm going to tell everyone about it. And so, first of all, what we are learning from Ephesians is that I can define my own success. My own success is not a material thing. And you can argue this thing. Some people, their own success is academic, no money. They want to have all the degrees at the thermometer, and that's what their own success is. But you can choose. Some other people, their own success is money. Some people, it doesn't matter the means. Some people, their own success is having money and having their integrity. That's success to them. So, they will criticize those that have money but are, you know, ritual killers and are yahoo boys. Some people, whether it is godliness or godliness, or they have money, that's success. So, everybody has his own definition. So, you can't tell me that I must adopt your definition. If yours is money, I find I respect it, but you must respect mine. My definition of success and what makes me happy is that the gospel spreads in my city. Praise the Lord. So you take the time to reorient yourself that my life does not consist in the money I have. My life, the success of my life is that the gospel is popular everywhere I go. So I'm going to make that happen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Alright, so Paul said, as a result of this, as one to let throughout the whole palace God and to everyone else that I am in chain for Christ. And then he says in verse 14, and because of my chains, most of the believers, brothers and sisters, have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So, what you are going to do is this. This is so beautiful. Remember I said, growth happens in community. So, because Paul decided that that was his attitude, he was pouring other believers to the same thing. Now, other believers know that Paul is in prison for preaching the gospel, but now they are even more confident and they are doing the same thing. It means that by you sticking with your own goal, this is why I always tell you guys, every joint supplies. By you sticking with your own goal to make Christ popular, you are shamelessly doing it. You are making it your own success. You are sharing as your testimony. We are all about like, who oh, you are not chasing money. And you are doing it and doing it. Listen, you are influencing other believers. So, it becomes a norm in your church because you chose to make that decision. Paul said, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel. Your decision not to make this year the year of more can cripple the body of Christ. And your decision so, you are just that your personal resolve and strengthen your personal resolve that in this year of more success for me is preaching because of other believers can be influenced. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that's important. Now we'll jump to verse 19. Verse 19. Are you there? For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I even, I even expect and hope that I will 
in no other way be ashamed, but will be sufficient, will, will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ is exalted in my body, whether by life or death. So Paul said that I know that through your prayers and the supply of the spirits, I know that Christ will be exalted in my life. This is very important. And so moving forward, we move to where we know that through the supply of God's spirits, because, because growth is by his spirits, meaning your goal to make the spread of the gospel your parameter for success can be achieved by the provision of the spirits. So what's the supply you need to achieve that goal? Is the spirit of God in you. Praise the Lord. And so this is important because it, it's part of, listen, your confidence that you achieve your goal is not that I listen, listen to me. What I'm saying is this. Maybe your new year resolution in previous years, before you knew anything about more and spread of the gospel, maybe always by January you start to strength, then by March you stop. And you have done it for years, but this is a different year. In this year, your goal is God's goal. I will see it as a study Philippians. But don't think that, don't start being afraid that maybe by March I'll stop. I won't be chasing the goal again. Maybe you have never chased anything except a guy all through the year. Joseph, so now he says, by the provision of the Spirit. Listen, as long as the Spirit of God is inside you, listen, listen. Now, maybe you are saying, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be on track with the Spirit of God. Maybe I'll start, then I'll be afraid for him. He puts the desires in you. Meaning, all the ginger I need all through this year to be the year of more, he's going to work it in me. And when that desire comes, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad that I'm out of track. Remember, you are the center of God's will for your life. So, and, and I explain this, I'm the center of God's will for my life in different ways. Whether you feel you are out of track or you are on track, you are at the center of God's will for your life. Because with the Spirit of God, there is no disadvantage. And so if Paul is increasing and is going to spread the gospel outside, he's locked behind within four walls, he's still at the center of God's will for his life. The gospel is spreading because of him. I hear what I'm saying. And so because I have the Spirit of God, my confession is always that nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lost. It means that in the plan of God for my life, there's nothing I'm missing. There's nothing that is broken. Like, hey, this person has not my destiny ever. I have God's mess up. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lost. Alright? So, you are not going to achieve the goal. It's not a new year resolution. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to keep it. No. By His Spirit, the provision of the Spirit, He will walk in and through you from beginning to end. And you hear what I'm saying? And so, your confidence is this. And this is what I'm saying is that your mindset will change. Listen, your mindset is this. It is this year, the plan of God for my life, I fulfill it from beginning to end. Not because I know how to keep my ginger out of the year, not because I've ever achieved all my new year resolutions, because by the provision of the Spirit, He will always bring the desire to me. And when He brings the desire to me, He's going to walk it out through me. And so, all through this year, by the provision of the Spirit of God, I will achieve the year of all. 
Praise the Lord. So you make this your confession also. Why? Because your confession creates your reality good. So he says, by the provision of the Spirit and by your prayers. And so what you do as a believer is your responsibility is to pray for other believers. So they are praying for Paul that the gospel continues to spread, that he is bold to doing it. So you don't say, oh, so 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 person in the church is no more zealous. No, you pray for the person. You pray for yourself, you pray for your church. And so in this season of fast and prayer, you take time to pray for your church and pray for members of the church that by the supply of the Spirit, you are working your desires in them. It's the year of love for every one of us as a church. You pray that way. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Alright, so verse 21. He said, For to me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is King. This is success for Paul, Christ. And that's what I hear is. Alright? Verse 22. For if I am going to live in the body, this would mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose that the Lord know? He says, I'm torn between two. A desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. And so your responsibility is to rearrange yourself and see that success in Christ is real success. That's my definition of success. Don't come and tell me, don't come and motivate me differently. And I'm not ashamed of my success. You know why? You know why my success is important. Listen, when you succeed in Christ, you are not losing. Jesus. In Matthew 18, he met the rich young ruler. How is Matthew 18 Matthew 19? He met the rich young ruler and he told this guy, he said, sell everything that you have. He said, you will have treasures in heaven. Treasures that will be eternal. And so no matter how much money that will take out, he's not going to take it out of this life. And he's going to leave a whole lot more outside this life than in this life. The reason why you sacrifice the school and read if you read was so that you suffer for four years and enjoy the rest of your life in a good job. It's always a wise investment to suffer in the short run to enjoy in the long run. And so when he says sell all that you have, he says give to the poor, he says you have treasures in heaven. He says suffer in the short run so that you enjoy in the long run. It's sad that that guy chose to go to hell so that he would just have maximum of a hundred days of enjoyment here on earth. So, I define my success. Jerusalem, I define what my success is. You don't tell me what. I don't, I'm not ashamed of my definition of success. And you can't push your success, your definition of success on me. Listen, that's the beginning point of. Walking in the year of war. If you cannot, if you don't choose to define your own success, you cannot experience the year of war. I'm told between two opinions, the desire to part of being Christ, which is far better, but it is more necessary for me to remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. Paul also know if he's going to die, if they're going to kill him, or he's going to leave prison. He says, but I can, I can, I can analyze this thing. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Listen. There are things you know because 
you are in line with beyond more. You are not thinking the line dies. You cannot, you cannot die. You know why you cannot die? Because you have the gospel to spread. Oh, by the way, it's better for me to go and be with Christ. It's never a loss for me. Imagine the fact that no matter, this is why it's beautiful to realize you are the center of gospel for your life. No matter where you are, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lost. And so I can call for finances because there's something I need it for. I'm not speaking with God, with God of you. He will. It is, it is part of his agenda. I'm, I'm trying to this goal here. Do you understand? So I need some provision that it will come. That's, that's the energy you need to carry. So many people are preoccupied with hey, I need to make money. It's worthy. Praise the Lord. They are preoccupied with many things. But there's just one thing that's important. And so you can derive confidence. Imagine if Imagine if you know what God's plan is. And everybody's busy doing their own thing. But it's what God is doing. And so you join this train. And you know God is always is a good God. Think about the guy that joined to God's train. He's small boy. He had five wood, he had two fish. The guy went back with 12 baskets. That is, they held his hand as they were going for crusade. He held his line up as he was going for crusade. Now he was the one holding no nylon, just walking with 12 men following him, holding a basket, and it's one point that's the house there. And 12 men are following him. Why? Because he joined God's train. This is what God is doing in that place. Now don't tell me it doesn't happen. Have you been in God's train before? So you stay in God's train and you see provision. That's what we see in the Bible. Look at Peter, he used Jesus' boats. And then Jesus is like cast next to the right side. Man cast his next to the right side, and then fish started jumping in. And, and it was so terrible, the next started breaking. He had a length from the stroke, from the small boy. You know, you, you, imagine this small boy brought out his nine dollar and shoot his side. They should have broken. Do you know what I'm saying? And so not only was the next breaking, when they managed. Like, what was the problem with the fish? Were they are forced to be caught. So, when they now finally put the net in the woods, listen, God is notorious for providing excess. He's notorious for providing excess. He said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, He said to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Now, don't tell me that you haven't seen it happen. Because you, it's not seeing that is believing in the that kingdom. We believe and then we experience. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to believe it before it becomes your experience. You don't see it first before it becomes your experience. You believe it, you believe it, you stay believing it. When it doesn't want to still believe it before you know what becomes your experience. And so God is notorious for providing what? I want you to say that God is notorious for providing excess. Again, God is notorious for providing excess. The final time, God is notorious for providing excess. So, because I want you to be your paradigm sheets. Do you know what I'm saying? What? Listen, imagine the fact that we want the gospel to be popular. Do you know how much more resources we need? 
He has to be notorious for providing excess in your life for a reason. He said, Let him that still, still no more. Let him walk in his heart. Why? So that you will have to give. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. The same thing he says in Timothy, I think it was first in Timothy chapter 6, I think verse 12, there about 7. First Timothy, I think 6, 7. He says, Charge those that are rich among you not to trust in uncertain riches. He said, But if you trust in the living God who provides all is richly. Do you get what I'm saying? He provides richly. So it's his characteristic. He's notorious for providing excess. Alright? And so, Paul looked at it and said, Whether I go or I stay, I'm at the center of God's will for my life. Do you get what I'm saying? But he says, I'm going to choose to stay. I'm going to choose to stay. So we can choose to stay. Do you get it? He was actually talking about whether to die or not to die. So Jesus said, I will live my life and put it on. Praise the Lord. Alright. I'll keep reading. Verse 26. So that through my being with you again. Or let me finish verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain with you. He says, I'll continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. That is for the spiritual growth. And so that is very important, their joy. Meaning, these guys are persecuted. These guys are not expressing the best life, but they can be joyful. Why? Because their parameter for success is not peaceful life. Because Jesus said, you will be persecuted. But they can be joyful because they are achieving their own goals. In the midst of suffering, they are, good, they are smashing their goals. So they can be happy. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ will abound to my account. Praise God. Now, verse 27. Look at it. Read 27 once more. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Yeah, gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to you or see you to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together for one another in the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is what I'm saying. So these guys are going to grow, they are going to be joyful, even though people are opposing them, they are not going to be frightened. And you know what I'm saying? And so it doesn't matter. You are preaching the gospel. People are saying, You, this one show that this. And we don't turn around your mouth. That's why I don't call. Just run your mouth anyhow. You will not be sorrowful. Nothing discourages you. You are inflating more people. You are able to inflate more people with this gospel. You are achieving your goal for the year. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. Don't go there. That's the first so it's that mindset. What's the mind that was in Christ? It was that Christ knew that there was a path of life and there was God's train. And he joined God's train. That's the mentality. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the mentality. And so, whether you're being or oppressed, 
He said this is the sign to them that they will be destroyed and be saved. And, and that's by Paul. Verse 29 of Philippians 1. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Their goal is not that because they are preaching, they will not be persecuted. Their goal is not that they will not suffer loss in this life. Their goal is not that they might not lose business partners. Their goal is not material things. They will suffer in this life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright. Since you are going through the same suffering you saw I had, and now here that I still have. So, these guys are about to suffer in this life. But they will smash in their goals and so they will happen. Praise the Lord. Alright, Ephesians 2. I read from verse 3. Are you there? Philippians 2 3. Do not think out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself. And so he starts by saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition. So we are ambitious for a selfless cause. I say, this book matters to the year of more. Praise the Lord. Imagine that he said, do nothing out of selfish ambition. It means everything you are doing, you have linked it one way or the other to provision of gospel. Do nothing out. So why do you want to make money? Do nothing out of selfish ambition. You must be able to say in the year of more, for me to live is Christ. That's a whole lot of things. You see things. Some of us who are fighting are like, no matter if you like preach from good to end, some aspects like take the sense and keep it to myself. <laughs> Do not feel out of selfish ambition. The networks I make, the connections I make with people, not out of selfish ambition. Do you get what I'm saying? Do nothing out of self, meaning have a Christ-focused motive. When I make a new friend, I have a Christ-focused motive. I want to make sure the gospel gets to you. When I make money, I want to make sure that through it, I'm able to sponsor the gospel one way or the other. Do nothing out of a selfish ambition. And so you evaluate everything you are doing and say, how does this help the propagation of the gospel? Can I tell you one of the biggest, biggest things you can do it is that your money significantly enters the gospel. Very simple. Listen, um, if you know about sheep very well, sheep, you know that there's usually, I don't know how they choose, but one of them leads the other. There are times when someone has two of them, alright, and he just buys only one. And wherever it takes that one to the other one follow you. Have you seen before? Thank you. That's how money and your heart are. Money is how it is your time. Your heart has to follow. Jesus said, where your treasure is. Where your money is. He said, that's where your heart will be. I want to be more involved with the gospel. Don't push my money. 
Oh, I want to make sure that in this year I don't lose my zeal. I'm going to put my money in. As a pastor, I've noticed that that's what happens. Once people's money are in the gospel, they are serious for the gospel. And I tell you that from Revelation of Scripture and experience. Praise the Lord. So once you just see that you've chosen on your own by your offering, your commitment will be dropping. Let me tell you what you don't know. This is, uh, this is you have prophesied that you soon will be gospel. Interesting is the statistical fact. That's based on statistics. Hallelujah. Do not think that of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Now, if this is not properly explained to you, you might not understand this. There is a context at which Paul was talking that there are two of them. But it's basically ministry. It's that I am ministering to other people. I remember, remember when I told you, I think it was last week, what was in your ministry? I think it was last week when I said it. was some, something. I said it means to serve. When I was talking about angels, and I said, well, that's Wednesday. When I said they are ministering spirits, they are serving spirits, they are sent to serve. They serve you. Or do this, they do it. So Jesus said, ask the Father, religious of angels will go and so they are, you know, messenger boys. Errand boys. So that's what it is. So he was talking about ministry. Alright? And he was talking about persecution from two angles. Those that did not believe in the gospel at all, and those that were preaching about the Lord. So this was his contest here. Alright? And so he says, in the humility, serve one another. Then he moves to something very important. He says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, if you don't, Paul is about to give you an analogy. And the problem is that many times we separate the analogy he's trying to make from the points that we should take away from the analogy. Just that that's the problem. And so we just think, oh, Christ was going to be humble. That's not all he's saying. That's an important point, but it's a greater point. What Christ did was this Christ, remember, do not think out of selfish ambition and now just follow Christ. Have this type of mindset. What was the mindset of Christ? He wasn't doing it out of his own selfish ambitions. But he realized that God had a plan and he relinquished his own plan as an approval for God's plan. And so when he said, let the mindset of Christ be you, he said, that mindset where I actually do not do anything out of selfish ambition, I relinquish my own plans, my own goals, and I choose that the goals, the plans of God is what I will chase. That's you have the mind of Christ. Praise the Lord. And can I tell you something? Listen, this is why it's humility. Because many times, what God wants to do in the face of the world is at his failure. Praise the Lord. Imagine that Paul was a Pharisee. Do you know that just because of who Paul was as an English, his identity? Now, when they put him in prison, that we said in Philippines, when they put him in prison, do you know how he got out of prison? He called to jail and said, Is it right that you punish and flog a Roman citizen without trying him first? He said, You are Roman, a Roman citizen. He has you know how much the man that was in the school said, ah, I used a whole lot of money to buy my own. This citizenship, I spend money. 
Pastor, no, 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 we are born in Roma. Yes, him, he went to that church to say the guy is a woman. They begged Paul and they are sorry. So, Paul had to relinquish that just his normal identity. Do you understand? You know the way some, some identities put you apart. See, you are from Canada. Straight, you are different. <laughs> Do you understand? Paul had to relinquish that for the gospel. He put it away. He put it away. And he said it in this book of Philippians. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, sometimes, when we are talking about God's plan, listen to me, some of the things that you could have used to grab, he says, drop it. Come on, come on, drop it. That's what he told. He did. So Paul had to, to when Paul said, do not give up your selfish ambition, it's not because he did not do it. He had to drop some things. He said, I count it as dumb for the excellency of the gospel. Baba, if you drop some things, you have to. You have to. In this year of all, you have to. You know, imagine that the rich young blood spends his entire life chasing money. They say drop this. They didn't say drop small. They didn't say pay your time. They say drop everything. That is, count everything as dumb. Let me help you. Let me help you. Whatever you've exalted in your life, better than drop it. Whatever you are chasing, better than drop it. And let Christ be your number one goal. Because keep going, you require it from your life. When you finish building your empire, you require it from your life. Because your identity is in Christ. Praise Lord. In the year of war, you must be able to say, it is about branding and have things. That's what Paul said. He says, the fires of Christ said, he said, concerning righteousness by the Lord, he said, blameless. That is, people are preaching on The Pharisees that were trying to talk about adding on Paul, they were not keeping the law as Paul was. Praise Lord. He said, concerning sin, if you are talking about following the law, I was speaking to the church. I was serious. That's what he was saying. But he had to drop everything. Listen. Why is it good teaching? You must begin to identify what are the things in your life that you need to drop. Maybe the reason why I got this for me was because you find it. See, I know somebody shooting shots, we are telling person about Christ. No, I must enjoy this attention. So. Do you know what I'm saying? You want to make money? That's it. And so, they say, go and disciple someone. You cannot. You don't have enough time. Then I'm busy. When I hear I'm busy, I, I, I can't comprehend it. I almost, I almost lose my decorum as a pastor. I don't know how to handle it. Praise the Lord. I actually don't. At the point, I now started delegating that I say, go and ask this person away from the Lord. Because I don't know how to fathom I am busy. To fill up a soul that God has given you to shepherd. I, I don't want to understand it. Don't be busy. You cannot be busy. You cannot. You, you, don't, you don't have things that can make you that busy. You can never in this life have them. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you make it the priority of your life. Listen, the person must see that your own is not your sin. The person himself was going to see. The person was going to see as if now my life, me as you said, my life is your handout. Imagine Paul without saying, Sir, you can't really be coming for Bible study every day. Eh? You cannot be coming. You have to be around. I count everything I've told you, you cannot be around. It's not possible. Or you think people did have things to do to be busy? He just said, Let's go before you call about. No. Praise the Lord. So, when we say, Let this mind be you which was in Christ, you must realize that it's the mindset that drops my priorities. Do you understand? And picks up what has to look like the humble beginning. That's the humility. That I now have to drop it and pick what God wants me to do. That really looks very messy. Jesus was a religious, he was a public figure, he was a celebrity in his day. But he now had to be doing things that was not celebrity like. You just have only like You can post about the gospel. Because how many people are following you and they're like you know what's wrong with you? Do you know what I'm saying? And so many times when you have part of what you have to do is that the things you drop and what you have to pick for the spread of the gospel be seamless. And so Paul left all of those things and things just be the street evangelists. They're like Paul is like a professor in theology. Just all those ones that they are always having work. During sabbatical, they'll call them to come and teach. When they retire, they will call them back. It's always, it's not the now to start doing what? Tent maker. That's the humility. And so what Jesus did was this. Jesus called, Jesus was God. And so they had to be on God's dream. And so what he did was he took the form of his servants. He now had to start doing, actually, it's not Sabbath. That word is slave. Yeah, slave. He took the form of his slave. The slave was basically a prophet. <laughs> let, me, let me explain to you. A slave. So, you know the way that when in the morning is when the king goes to fight, and then he the party, he leaves things. Jonathan, he leaves the a slave was that way. In fact, there was a time that when, when they healed the if the master of the house was killed, was murdered, they would find the slaves. Yes, because was, was, they're, they're, not, they're literally nothing. And so that's what Christ was. He took the form. He was literally nothing. And so it doesn't matter what you're doing. You must say, for the gospel, if this is, there's no. There's no 50% here of war. It's either you are in or you are not. And so, whatever you have so whatever is your excuse for the gospel, that's what you should take out. No excuse. Once, in case you don't know what to expect, once you say, oh, you should be doing this. You should be in devotion. Say, oh, I'm sleeping. That's sleep now. That's sleep. That's the thing. Do you understand? 
Peter. Say, okay, your commitment to the local church, you know, have changed my motto. That's not true now. That's not true. Because you have to take forward sleep. And so it looks, if it does not look like you are losing, maybe there's a problem. That's the meaning of let this mind be interested in Christ. Because although he was God, he did not take equality with God as something to hold for his personal gain, personal ambition. But he took the form of a slave and came to die the death of a sinner. So what he did was, this is what God's plan is. And this is going to stand in the way of God's plan. And so I have to relinquish this. So we know what God's plan is. Every opportunity, everywhere you like, born, everywhere I see people, I'm going to preach to them. That's repetition, that's fear. Take the That's what it is. Jonathan, oh, why don't you be Jonathan? That was what we take to And so you might feel uncomfortable and feel like, ah, spirit. I'm not spirit here. Do it. So that's it. Praise God. Do you believe that this was what was going to be very cool as not to church? You just don't have to say the these guys are Alright. Now, so we've read all of these things. Then just repeat that. In your relationship with one another, he says, have the same mindset as Christ, who was a very mature God, did not consider quality with God something to use for his own advantage, rather he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant to set up on the stage, being by being a human being, and being fully the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and by obeying, by becoming obedient to death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him highly, giving him the name that's above every name, made Jesus in the So later we see Jesus glorified. Later on we see. Imagine the way we talk about Paul today. See, Paul wrote to Paul, Paul to talk of the New Testament. Paul was a mighty man of God. Maybe he didn't feel, always feel like that. Maybe he didn't always feel like that. And so you might be able to talk about people like the Amazing, like Mother Teresa. Ah, that woman changed the world. Maybe she didn't feel like she was a great person. Maybe she felt like the body of sacrifice was so huge, and so God exalted them. That's what he did to Jesus. That's what he did to Paul. And so he said to Richard Miller, you have treasures together. Imagine how amazing the story would have been if he said, you used to preach about him. The Macedonian church, they gave, then the Richard Miller, they gave everything. You have thought, my God, that man was something who was changed so when the Macedonian church gave and Paul was bragging about them, maybe they didn't feel awesome about it. But God exalted them. Look at the woman that broke the alabaster book. She just said, Anyway, the gospel scripture talk about you. You think it's cool to take a year's wages? 
Let me tell you what that thing is. Let me tell you what she did. She took part of the capital for her business and put it on Jesus. It was part of the assets in her business when she speaking stock, stock as assets. The alabaster box was one of it. Meaning, it was one of the tools she used to generate more money. So maybe when she broke it, she knew this business, I can never go back. Probably wasn't cool. It wasn't easy. First of all. So that's what the young boy was doing. <coughs> Alright, let's keep reading. We really have the time. Let's pray. Oh, glory to God. Are you doing something? Yes, sir. Alright. Go to verse. Let me finish up. Verse 12. Therefore, dear friends, as much as you always will be, not only in my presence, but as much more in my absence, continue to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. He says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God has a purpose, he's a God who is fulfilled his purpose. It's just talking about this. Do you get what I'm saying? Let's go to chapter 3. We are wrapping up now. Verse 2, chapter 3, verse 2. Be watchful for dogs, those evil dwarfs, those mutilators of the flesh. Now, he was talking about those that are propagating the teaching of the Old Testament, those that were propagating the teaching of the law, rather. <coughs> or compliant to the law. He says, For it is we who are the circumcision, who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh. Do you see that? He said, We are the circumcision. We serve God by His Spirit. He says, We boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh. So, this is where he talked about what he Paul had to drop. Do you get what I'm saying? So, you two might have things to. Drop. For though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in flesh, he says, I have more. But I have to, I have to, I have to drop everything. Now, let me tell you something. Once you drop, you can focus. Do you know what I'm saying? Once you drop everything, you have to drop. Then you can focus on the other. So if you do not, this is why, oh, I was going to teach this in the future. That's the original ruler. What Jesus said was this He says, Go, sell everything you have. I'm here with me, you could follow me now. But he says, Go, sell everything you have, give to the poor. He says, Then come and follow me. There is a then come. Moments. It is after you have dropped distraction, then you come and follow me. And so, in the year of more, your first step is that I drop everything, then I come and I follow you. Praise the Lord. So, whatever it is, once once you see anything standing well, the book of me, what are the book of me? It's like that. That's what you have to drop. I'm not going to be on Instagram because I've read the book of me. I've read a chapter a day. I'm not going to reply any message or WhatsApp until I've read the chapter a day. 
In my time of reading, it's 6 p.m. I'm not going to answer any message on WhatsApp from 6 p.m. until I've read the book. Then I can answer. I'm not going to go on IG until I've read the book. When it's time to read the book. When it's time for devotion, I'm not going to be chatting with my friends. When it's time to preach the gospel to someone, I'm not going to be doing something else. I must drop. It's deliberate. You drop it. Praise the Lord. It's not Jesus who said the Spirit of God is going to drop your belt and give it to people, then you will follow me. No, 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 no. I count everything as dog. Do you see that? And so you must drop. Alright? Now look at Philippians chapter 4. Or simply rise up to pray. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 1. Let's jump to verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. <laughs> Imagine after this teaching. You've already been taking your soul out of the teaching. I'm like, rejoice in the Lord always. And then I'll say it again. After you've taken your soul, rejoice. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? But one thing you must do is you must make a decision. I might not be able to tell you what exactly you need to drop, but let me tell you how you know. Easy way to know. If it stands in the way of devotion, morning devotion, night devotion, you have to drop. If it stands in the way of the Bible reading plan, you have to drop. If it stands in the way of the seven of the week, you have to drop. If it stands in the way of your active membership in your service group unit, you have to drop. Because if it stands in the way of you discipling the next person, you have to drop. Anything that stands in, in the way of any of your commitment to devotion to God, Jesus and the spread of the gospel, you have to drop. Easy way, right? So that's a rule of thumb for doing what you have to drop, right? Good. So once we are like, why have you not been in devotion? They're like, ah, I don't have data. But, but, all the comedy of somebody who watched them. Oh, you have data for that. But you have data for devotion. See, there's no space in my phone. Oh, really? But you have movies. Ah, I can't board them. Do you know what I'm saying? And so don't rationalize anything that stands in the way of your commitments. Praise the Lord. Why can't you preach so much? I don't know enough. Why don't you know enough? Don't you have the message? Why don't you listen to them? And this good job. Let me tell you something. As much as we're smiling, I've thought about 20 years from now. And if we don't listen, if we don't actually do this, you'll be surprised. And that's why it's not a joking matter for me. Because why for you you feel like that me this gospel will spread it and preach it? I'm looking at the future, I'm looking at the next 20 years, next 25 years, and things will be really, really messy. People that are com- that you know that when you are praying, when you are doing prayer meetings, you look at them and say, I'm asking you, child. And no prayer meeting, they will never miss it. If we don't do what we are saying, you will be surprised when you find it. Praise God. We have an active day that is going around. 
Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. He says, let your gentleness be evident. He says, the Lord is near. He says, do not be anxious about anything. I will say this at this point. Because after you drop and you are focusing, you have to make sure that you are not anxious about anything. It's an imagine, take it as an instruction. I'm not anxious about anything. I'm not anxious about anything. He says, but in every situation, by prayers and petitions, we first give present your request to God. Some of you will go and drop, then you will not be serious with the gospel. Meaning, you are not on IG, you are not reading your Bible. Do you understand? Then some, they will not be on IG, they will read their Bible. But, they will not be anxious. Or when they are not anxious, it says, with prayer and supplication, present your request to God, they will not. And they are saying, but supply is not coming. He that said it, does he have to go not yet? Do you understand? So, it's when you drop, then you participate. As you participate, you make sure you are not anxious. As you are not anxious, you present. You present your request to God. Praise the Lord. Good. He says, you present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind by Christ. My success is in line with God's purpose for my life. I know the plans of God for my life. And it's priority in my life. In the name of Jesus. I refuse to be anxious. But at every point in time, I present my request to God. That's the testimony of my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Alright. So I will pray for a bit. But before then, I want to take questions. If anyone has any questions, you could go ahead and ask. If not, we're going to pray. Any question? Question or give a play, please. Yeah. Even if it's related to your or if COVID 19 is signed on the end time. Related to everything. Sorry? Can I hear what you say? I cannot hear you if I understand what you want to say. I am afraid of listening to my Can you hear my voice? You will have as well knowledge. As well today, can you hear my voice? That's the kind of voice I'm saying. I said, as well today.
They don't need to bother. She is going to go. What are they looking for in the US? People just looking for them. Ah, okay. I want to ask that question. Okay. They can't fathom an earth that will forever exist. Yes. Or they are concerned about those that will be careful. Where they will be. Yes, I do not want to be careful. No, no, no. They are not concerned about them. They don't have anything to try out. They are going to be there. Again. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. But do they know where they are going to? Do they know where they are going to? Because if they are going to, because I don't know, some questions are very fun. Are you scared that if you don't go to here, you don't have accommodation? You will be floating in somewhere. Is that a problem for them? They don't they, so okay, so that they they should just go to here where they are strong, sure where they are going to. How Fault. 
And so if we are going to make the gospel in Nigeria, we have to learn to talk to people that are older than us and correct them in love and respect. Paul was very clear about this really book of Timothy. He said, you handle the older ones as fathers. But he said something, he said you must correct them. Do you understand? It is not disrespect. If if your mother was going to pour uh, acid, for example, inside soup because she thinks it's water, or she was going to pour kerosene inside the soup because she thinks it's water, would you stop her or not? Would you have to out of respect say she knows more than me? She has been cooking before I was born. Maybe there's a need for kerosene. Would you do that? Good. So you correct people, you, you say you correct them. Just and are different ways. There's the there's the don't want what you're saying. Yes. Yes. There's that one. And then there's the I'm a good person, I just don't know what I say. So there are different methods. I use different ones. There's a time that Paul was, was talking to some people. The Irish was talking there. He told them they didn't slap Paul, they slapped Paul. Because the God, Paul said, God is sacrificed. <laughs> they say, Oh, is it? Is the Irish say, Ah, sorry, but the Paul did not know that the Irish. Do you understand? So, there's the, you are stupid, you don't know what you are saying, methods. Now, we're using for people that are not here. The people that are sincerely wrong. Let me tell you what you do. Because when you do that, they will not learn. They themselves will not learn. But others around them will learn. So later on, others around them will be asking you questions. So maybe there's this guy that knows nothing, absolutely nothing at all. He's the one that's always talking. He's the one that's always talking. Is he Jay? Always talking. So now people listen to him because he's the one that's talking. So what you do is this. You destroy Pharaoh. There is another person following you. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I was actually one guy one day about the Bible. Someone once said, I don't know about the Bible. That's a lie. First Corinthians, Acts chapter 15. Sometimes I know the verse I'm going to, then I call any book of the Bible that I feel like. In Acts chapter 15, the Bible said they argued vehemently. Why don't you check the evidence? Vehemently. No, 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 you can't. No, no. See now, you can't tell me to shut up. You cannot tell me to shut up. I know what I'm saying. That's vehement argument. They argued vehemently. The argument was so intense. He said, don't worry. No, 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 it's fine. I'm not upset to No, say for casting down. No, 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 I'm not. Eh, don't worry. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But like, you know what? This thing, let's carry the situation in Augustus. And so they carried the argument and went to Jerusalem, went to go and meet the apostles, and they wanted to settle the matter. Praise the Lord. When they finished, they, the apostles wrote a letter and sent it to them. And they finished what they did. Paul now went back and sat down. Said, Who is the Galatians? There was the Terry that was the one who has been most wrong. After they are showing, as if anybody preached in that gospel, was out of that argument you would start the Galatians. That's how serious it is. No, you can answer the question. You ask the question. But I'm saying that, listen, don't be scared of being confrontational. Paul said, he withstood Peter to his face. Really, Peter did something. He stood up and went to that. He probably he stood up and went to that meeting. He said, What are you doing? What do you mean? Is this wrong? Is this what you thought? He began bringing truth from the Bible. And you hear what I'm saying? You cannot, the gospel does not try outside of the past. Let me tell you, you need to read about Matthew Luther. 
before church history. Only then, in fact, if you read about the history of the Bible, there's something called the altar Bible. It's a deep Bible. You just place it on the altar. And so the Bible was only the only people that had the Bible understood the Bible and were allowed to read the Bible with the priests. So the priests decided that you can run this thing. So maybe how the center was that one guy not prepared, just need to preach anything. The people believe say, ah, okay. So he then said excellent. At that time, listen to me. At that time, there was now amount of money you could pay for sin. So there was a lying familiar fornication like 50k. More than like 40k. As you it's not you no control. As you pay this 40k, God has forgiven you. So in the church, people started paying money for their sins. And they were told that once they pay like that, their sins are forgiven. But Luther was learning to become a priest, was in seminary school. Ah, you get it? By grace, we are saved through faith. He says, The gospel is God's power to salvation. He said, No, 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 no. Not so. So he now began fighting the authority of the church at the time. So at a point, once I tell the story, he nailed, is it 39? I can't remember the number. on the door of the, of the church. Say, so he was now positive. He was not like, maybe he could not, because when I read, it's not so that I read that they're projecting. You can never know what's inside. It's just what the guy thinks that's there. You understand? So he now puts it on the door so that you can see if everybody can see for themselves. He had to walk with that. Please don't. But it was because of that act that we don't have the Bible. People died for us to have copies of the Bible. You don't know this. There was a guy that translated the Bible. They took the guy, they killed him. Then they, you know those Indians that were born in the lab with ashes in this? Yes. They bought the guy, they took his ashes, and they spread it on the sea. What was his offense? He translated the Bible. Not because he translated to a wrong translation, but because he translated that people could have their own translations of the Bible. That's what we did. People that were born, people as they were writing the Bible, Translating and then in all these translations. They knew it, they, there was one guy that did it and wrote another person from that day. When the other time he went to the translation, he couldn't because they would kill him. People were bought, people were sold in half, some were dragged for translating the Bible. Some people ran with just copies for their, they ran for their life. They're like, take this copy, they want to make sure they don't catch you. So let me tell you what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to give money. I said, the already know what I'm trying to say. They already, Jesus has already come and they're coming for me. I said, take this and trust me. It's time to make sure this translation survives. And then you'll come and kill me, right? But this person runs with the translation. They want them to cut these small portions and keep. That's what people did. The gospel thrives in the midst of persecution. That's what we need. And so you cannot say you want to be a good game in office. Maybe one of the things you need to put aside is the way they see me. I want my boss to see me as someone that is respectful, someone that is. No, 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 no. Look, on top of matter, we started everything. Because in my office, the gospel must gain popularity. My, my reputation, the way people see me, cannot stand in the way of the spread of the message. 
Are you following what I'm saying? And so you, the person you say, no, you are wrong. Oh God, you are wrong. No, 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 no. My own goal. Hmm? Is as I said to you, I didn't want to lose this. I said to you, I said to you. Are you following what I'm saying? And so you begin. So, like I said, then there are methods of communicating. See, sometimes, eh, in that kind of situation, it's not, I'll be talking to you, because it's you that I'm saying you're wrong. But I am, I am helping every other person think. You will say that if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, you don't want to tell As well as you're wrong, for at least three reasons. Now that I've said at least three reasons, everyone don't know the three reasons. First of all, the law of God was written to only Jews. Are you a Jew? No. Second of all, read back then you have to. That's why, if you notice the teachings I've been doing this year, I drop specific scriptures that see the point clearly. Those are the scriptures we use. By the days of the Lord shall no one be made righteous in the sight of God. You drop that one. You guess that the Bible says in so so, so please, by the deeds of the law shall no one be made righteous in the sight of God. See, that is bad. This is not my brother. You know the Bible message. This is the answer to read it. Then, you know it to me like that. Wow, come down. What's in the Then, also, in Galatians 5, 4 verse 5, the Bible says, um, Christ has come of no effect. Because I have explained that. No effect. Not Christ has come of no Christ has come of no effect to anyone that holds the Lord. He said, falling for grace. Specific scriptures that I don't need to explain anything as I'm continuing to get to the point. Do you know what I'm saying? So, by the time it comes like three, or if it's only one, you know that the human yourself for. Just drop, 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 drop those scriptures. The reason I gave you those scriptures is so that you use them. If it was just to explain it to you, I will use those scriptures. I gave you those scriptures so that when you have to answer someone's question and you don't have all the time to start saying, the Greek word really means this, then if you read it in context, you don't have all that time. Just bam, bam, bam. Do you understand? And then I mean, by the deeds of God, shall no one be made righteous inside of God. I said, yes, that's what you see. Do you get it? So, you drop those words. Do you understand? The reason you're doing that is so as I'm dropping those books, the best my thoughts are real. What do you like to do? The title of the law. The class has come of no effects. Judges are. They are caused all these things. The best I've ever seen. Starting to choose him. And he's like, um, this guy is interesting. This guy doesn't really, he's, he's actually, he doesn't really know anything. Juliet. Juliet. So, you are not doing it for him. Because you're not, not listening to him. You are doing it for other people. Then another time, by the time you do it for like three times, three different events, the next time when it starts, they're waiting for you. They are not sure if they are right or right. Once you just start with like a head, the person that has come. Yes. So what you want to do is find out if you are putting that in the middle of the There's one guy that was trying to talk, Matthew chapter 5 verse 17, that's Matthew 5 verse 17. About two years ago, one guy was arguing with me about it. He said, this is why, let me tell you, when I say you should know the Bible, what I'm saying. When I say that what I want you to do is that you know what is in it. So, maybe you're talking to me about someone that's, that's answered your tweets. 
and then she said, Matthew first sentence. Let's do Matthew first sentence. I know the Matthew first sentence. I've taught on Matthew first sentence. And I've been shocked to teach it, and they love teaching on Matthew first sentence. You're not done it here. So you have to know that I'm not expecting you to know all the verses in the Bible. There are some you know. There are some that will come up. So one of those that will come up when you tell people that the law, you know, after the abolish is Jesus not going to destroy the law. That's not the first thing. He say he came that you should feel it. Are you kidding? Thank you. They are here. They are not able to feel the law. But then they hang on the cross. You know, he didn't have a cross for it. He really wanted Judas, and then Christ is the end of the law. Yes. So, Christ, by the time you now say Christ is the end of the law, Christ is to fulfill the law, is the end of the law. But you must, as 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 far as the acts, you must be able to close the yes. That's what I'm Yes. That's what Thank you. Exactly what I'm making. Exactly what I'm making. You are quoting scriptures you don't need to explain. So that by the time you just quote, you're like, I get it. Not that you don't have, you have to explain. You're not discipling them. Remember, Jesus, it's an argument. You don't have time to say, look, from the Greek, look, let's read the amplified. You're not their pastor. Jesus, you're not their pastor. So you quote scriptures that say, so you, there are scriptures you know. That's Christ the head of the Lord, you can't come with this way, it's the Bible. It's a tricky argument. But then you say, Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 says, this. in Romans chapter this, 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 in Galatians chapter this, 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 the Lord that you are really come to him. So the guy was about to talk, he said, hey, there's somewhere, the Bible says, I said, tell me where you are, because anything you know from that verse, I will tell you the verse you are putting and where it is. Do that is that they are in my office. If we know that that God will share your support for you, it's not his portion. Just that and other people know that you are serious. Praise the Lord. So it's an important part. Just that, not just, there's one place to you. you want to step up your arguments. Just that. So by the time you say, look, say, this year I say, you are actually, you don't go into what that person says, but say, the person is like, you are very wrong. I can show you Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And imagine you tell them, I can show you this thing you are saying. I can show you scriptures that I want to explain from Romans, Galatians, Ephesians that prove that you are wrong. People will say, ah, do you know what I'm saying? So that's an important part. Cook yourself. That is to touch I've answered your question. Now me, I don't know. Is, 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 you pick it. Do you understand? Alright, so, but let's hear your question before. So, after I pick, I just want to hear your question so that we know how to answer it. Hello? My question was like, I think there were some questions that I really want to answer, like some arguments that I'm not in possession to. Like, Yeah. Yes, if I don't speak, just just need to be relevant. If I'm not talking, just know that it's quite a relevant question. Yes. Yes. That, that was Jerusalem. So, 
The guy has scrolls. Like he talks about his scrolls. Like I have the scrolls. You know that is me. My scroll. That's, yes. You don't know you have not testing scrolls. I used to have some scrolls. I used to meet. Although from one guy I didn't remember. So he's talking about it. He said, Ah, I can't even remember it now. But the scrolls, they said something like this. Ah, I love the scrolls. God was talking about it. I just can't. One day I decided that look, I've had enough of this rubbish from this game. I'm going to clear water. And so I just decided to start talking. After that, they knew him. Seriously, to me. Jennifer. So, my look, you must be able to share book calls with people's arguments. Alright. That's basically. I think we're all asking questions, right? Alright, please ask me.